Welcome to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of July 15, 2018. One of my favorite birds and one of Adam's favorite birds is the mockingbird. We always had a lot of mockingbirds in the neighborhood, and then in 2010, we had a huge windstorm from Hurricane Ike, followed by an ice storm in the wintertime that year, and a lot of the trees and shrubs and all kinds of vegetation was killed by a combination of those two storms. The other night, Adam was sitting on our front porch on the swing around 2.30 in the morning, and the mockingbird was just singing and singing and singing. And in the background are the katydids. He recorded the call, and we're going to bring that to you in a minute. But first, I'd like to read you a little bit about the mockingbird. It says, If you've been hearing an endless string of 10 or 15 different birds singing outside your house, you might have a northern mockingbird in your yard. These slender-bodied gray birds apparently pour all their color into their personalities. They sing almost endlessly, even sometimes at night, and they flagrantly harass birds that intrude on their territories, flying slowly around them and prancing toward them, legs extended, flaunting their bright white wing patches. You may be able to first identify the presence of a northern mockingbird by listening for its song, which usually mimics numerous other birds at once. Northern mockingbirds are common in backyards, but they don't often visit feeders. You can encourage mockingbirds to visit your yard by keeping an open lawn, but providing fruiting trees or bushes, including mulberries, hawthorns, and blackberry brambles. It's not just other mockingbirds that appreciate a good song. In the 19th century, people kept so many mockingbirds as cage birds that the birds nearly vanished from parts of the East Coast. People took nestlings out of nests and trapped adults and sold them in cities such as Philadelphia, St. Louis, and New York, where in 1828, extraordinary singers could fetch as much as $50. Northern mockingbirds continue to add new sounds to their repertoires throughout their lives. A male may learn around 200 songs throughout its life. The northern mockingbird frequently gives a wing flash display where it half or fully opens its wings in jerky intermediate steps, showing off the big white patches. No one knows why it does this, but it may startle insects making them easier to catch. On the other hand, it doesn't often seem to be successful, and different mockingbird species do this same display, even though they don't have white wing patches. Northern mockingbirds sing all through the day and often into the night. Most nocturnal singers are unmated males, which sing more than mated males during the day, too. Nighttime singing is more common during the full moon. Northern mockingbirds typically sing from February through August, and again from September to early November. A male may have two distinct repertoires of songs, one for spring and another for fall. The female northern mockingbird sings too, 
although usually more quietly than the male ones. She rarely sings in the summer, and usually only when the male is away from the territory. She sings more in the fall, perhaps to establish a winter territory. The oldest northern mockingbird on record was at least 14 years, 10 months old, when it was found in Texas. This information was from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. We thought you'd enjoy hearing a little bit of our nighttime singer. And, of course, you can hear the Katie Dids in the background. Just a reminder that pre-registration is now open for the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Reunion, coming up on Friday and Saturday, July 27 and 28. KSB Principal Jackie Williams will be our speaker at the Friday evening barbecue, and Jack Fox and Jill Fox, talking book narrators, are our banquet speakers. We'll be featuring KSB alumni and radio, food, and friends throughout the weekend. Call us at 502-897-1472 for more info and to pre-register by July 24. Kim Charlson gave a great review of what's been going on in ACB over the last year in her President's Report at the opening session of the convention, listed on page 2. Convention sponsors are so important to ACB, and on page 3 is a list of both the corporate and individual sponsors for this year. Listen for well-known names, both from the corporate world and from around ACB. On page 4, we'll find out what's been happening around the Internet since the end of June, and on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. Now you get to listen to me. It's time for my annual address to the membership. Ladies and gentlemen, it is again a true honor for me to come before you for my fifth report as president of the American Council of the Blind. 
Time keeps flying by, and I have much to report to you since our conference in Reno last year. I continue to work with incredible staff, elected board, and the leadership of affiliates in decision-making to keep our organization moving forward on many levels and critical issues. I'll cover the highlights and how we are dealing with them over the next several minutes. First, let me thank our dedicated staff. In our Minnesota office, we rely on Nancy, Lori, Lane, and our newest staff member, Nancy Christina Fila, to keep the business wheels turning. In our Virginia office, we are very fortunate to have Eric Bridges, Tony Stevens, Kelly Gask, Sharon Lovering, and our new advocacy and outreach specialist, Claire Stanley. Working alongside our strong staff are several contractors that do special work for ACB in a variety of areas. Tom Tobin is our Director of Development. JoLynn Bailey-Page is our grant writer. Joel Snyder is our Director of the ACB Audio Description Project. And Larry Turnbull is the Managing Director of ACB Radio. One, two, three. Hello, ACB Radio. <laughs> I want to recognize and thank the members of the ACB Board of Directors and the members of the Board of Publications for their service. At the close of this convention, two members of the ACB Board of Directors will be completing their terms. I want to thank... George Holliday from Pennsylvania, and Alan Peterson from North Dakota for their service to ACB over the past eight years. Thank you, gentlemen. In addition, Donna Brown from the Board of Publications will be stepping down due to work responsibilities. I know they will continue to work on behalf of ACB in the future. Thank you. Right after last year's convention, the Federal Communications Commission adopted new rules increasing the number of hours of audio-described programming available on broadcast and cable networks. The new FCC rules, effective tomorrow, require audio-described programming be available from 6 a.m. to midnight, maintaining the 50 hours of prime time and children's <laughs> programming, and adding 37.5 hours of new additional audio-described content. Yeah! <laughs> ACB will continue to seek out new pathways to move forward our expansion of audio description wherever possible. Beginning last summer and continuing on, ACB is working with researchers at the University of Hawaii, <coughs> Google, and the National Park Service to audio describe print brochures at 15 park sites in California as part of the Uni Description Project. This funding, 
shared between the University of Hawaii and ACB from Google with the National Park Service adding significant in-kind support at each of the involved sites along with chapter members of the California Council of the Blind. CCB, are you out there? Thank you for your support of audio description. In late August, ACB's audio description project, along with the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind, the Tennessee School for the Blind, and the Tennessee Arts Center, offered a rare opportunity for blind people worldwide to experience the total eclipse of the sun through the use of audio description. Over 20,000 listeners tuned in to that broadcast on ACB radio to share this unique experience, or it was covered with other radio stations, radio reading services all over the world. Thank you to the ACB Audio Description Project for such an innovative idea. The summer of 2017 saw many natural disasters. Hurricane Harvey, Irma, and Maria, and the wildfires out west. In response to such a need, ACB developed a relief fund to assist members who have been affected in these areas. Assistance was provided in Houston and Beaumont, Texas, and in the Central Florida area. I hope we won't need to provide such assistance in 2018, but if Mother Nature isn't cooperative, ACB will be ready to assist our members in need of support. In October, oral arguments were heard at the U.S. Court of Appeals of the District of Columbia Circuit in ACB's currency case. In 2016, the government moved back the target date for the next currency redesign involving the $10 note from 2020 to 2026. ACB then sought an order from the district court requiring that the $10 bill be made accessible by 2020 and all the other remaining denominations be made accessible by 2026. In early 2018, the appeals court remanded the initial decision of our petition on the extension to 2026 to the lower district court level and instructed them to address several unanswered questions for the court. ACB filed additional declarations from nine ACB members, including myself, calling for immediate action to move towards circulation of accessible currency. We continue to voice our concerns that we will not wait any longer while Treasury drags its feet. While we appreciate that staff from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing um, will be here at this convention conducting research on tactile features and distributing currency readers, 
to those who have not received one as a part of the Meaningful Access Program, we in ACB are compelled to continue to take our case for accessible tactile currency to the courts for further action. I want to publicly thank our attorney on this case, Jeffrey Levitke, for his persistence, determination, and dedication to our cause and the latest motion. Stay tuned to hear more updates on the court. Over the course of the past year, ACB has also been engaged with key partners and stakeholders in the airline and automotive industries. ACB was represented by Tony Stevens in a working group to develop accessible in-flight entertainment and communication systems for commercial aircraft, presenting consensus guidelines to the Department of Transportation in November. ACB has also worked closely with auto manufacturers, tech companies, and other disability advocates toward the implementation of appropriate regulations and legislation for autonomous vehicles, assuring that Americans who are blind will have access to such vehicles and that safety on our streets for pedestrians remains a top priority. Early in 2018, ACB was extremely surprised to learn of Delta Airlines' announced policy restricting access for service and emotional support animals. The policy was intended to address the tremendous increase in fake service dogs appearing on flights. These measures would have created significant hoops for travelers with guide dogs to comply with when traveling while doing very little to stop anyone from going online and downloading false documents asserting their pet is a service animal. Due to significant input from ACB and our special interest affiliate, Guide Dog Users Incorporated, Delta Airlines announced on February 22nd that it had re-examined its policy on service animals, relaxing constraints that negatively impacted travelers with guide dogs. ACB commended Delta for its decision to revise its policy, and we also praised United Airlines for their policy that acknowledged the access rights of people using guide dogs. We continue to monitor this issue among all airlines and will be ready, if necessary, to fight for the rights of guide dog handlers along with GDUI. Positive progress is being made this year in the U.S. Senate with the introduction of the Marrakesh Treaty Implementation Act, S-2559. This legislation demonstrates the current bipartisan support 
for improving access to print materials around the world by individuals who are blind or have other print disabilities. The Senate Committees on Foreign Relations and the Judiciary both held hearings on the treaty, both the, were ratification instrument and the Implementation Act were favorably voted out of these committees for consideration by the full Senate. I am pleased to report to you that on Thursday evening, June 28th, the Senate approved the Marrakesh Treaty Ratification Document and S-2559 on its unanimous consent calendar. This is a tremendous step forward for equal access to accessible materials. The next step will be the House of Representatives, and we anticipate action there before the August recess. So stay tuned. How many of you use a telephone at work? <laughs> Just a few. Today's work environment requires effective, reliable telecommunications solutions for all employees. For employees who are blind or visually impaired, this means solutions that are free of access barriers. ACB worked with Cisco Systems on the first mass market enterprise grade desk phone that includes built-in text-to-speech functionality capable of conveying vital information on the phone's buttons as well as on the display to the user through audio, voice, and tone indicators. This allows blind and visually impaired employees to more easily connect anywhere they work. This software update to Cisco's digital voiceover IP 8800 series phones is a significant milestone in Cisco's ongoing effort toward making the workplace accessible for employees who are blind or visually impaired. I personally had the opportunity to provide input on the software and am very happy to have one of these accessible phones in my office. Over the past two years, through hard work by both ACB staff and volunteers, ACB has balanced its budget and even produced a small surplus. I'm very proud of that with hard work over the last five years. As a result, ACB has stabilized financially and is continuing to grow its revenue streams, putting ACB in a positive position this year to establish an endowment fund. This is a tremendous accomplishment, and everyone supporting ACB and its fundraising efforts is to be commended. An endowment policy was written and presented at ACB's board meeting in February, and after some discussion and debate, the board unanimously adopted the policy. Bequests received from this point forward will be used to make sure adequate reserves are in place to cover annual operating expenses. And then the residual assets will be added to ACB's legacy endowment fund. Most important, 
the Legacy Endowment Fund will ensure ACB's financial future and help to perpetuate ACB's important work for many years to come. ACB is pleased to announce that beginning with this convention, we will offer continuing education credits for rehabilitation teachers and counselors, teachers of the visually impaired, low vision therapists, orientation and mobility instructors, and other professionals. These credits will be offered for a wide range of specialized programming, workshops, seminars, and other events during the convention. These credits will be offered through the Academy of Certification of Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals, ACVREP, the nation's leading provider of continuing education opportunities in the field of blindness and visual impairment. We've been working for this for many years, and I'm very pleased that we could do it at this convention. ACB continues to make communication a high priority. ACB social media accounts continue to grow. For those of you who want to follow the convention on Twitter, use the hashtag ACB18. For those using technology to keep up with information, ACB continues its efforts with the development of ACB Link for Android. Just like the iOS version, it will give Android users access to a wide variety of ACB information and programming. Version 1.1 is now available in the Google Play Store for beta download. We need your feedback as Android users on the app so we can get it ready for its full release. Please help us out by downloading and giving your input. We are also hard at work on some exciting changes for the iOS version, including a much improved audio player for the app and offline listening for ACB radio podcasts. I want to acknowledge the hard work of Jeff Bishop, who has led the project, worked with our app developer, and has the vision to bring such an app to reality. In closing, my thanks to all of the volunteers, ACB members, and others for all of their hard work in making this convention all I know it will be one of the most successful conventions ever. The American Council of the Blind and our thousands of members continue to have much to be proud of. Of course, there is always more to do um, over the next several months. But overall, our affiliates and chapters all across this country are making a difference in so many ways. Our work continues to be important and our advocacy is our strength. When we have victories, they are even more exciting as they have been hard fought and we should celebrate our successes as important steps in our advocacy journey. Working together, we can continue to make change happen 
and I look forward to working hand-in-hand with all of you to make sure that ACB continues to be the gateway to success for all people who are blind and visually impaired. Thank you. Page three, sponsorships are an important part of every ACB convention. They help to pay for many activities, keep costs down, and also help to fund other ACB programs throughout the year. There are both corporate and individual sponsors, ranging from twenty-five dollars to $25,000, something to fit every pocketbook. Each morning, we hear from Marjorie Beeman, ACB Sponsorship Coordinator, as she reads the list of corporate sponsors in general session. We're going to bring you the first reading of that list on Sunday, July 1. Please note that Double Diamond Sponsors are 25000 The Diamond Sponsors are 20000 Emeralds, 15000 Rubies, 10000 Onyx, 5000 Topaz, 3000 Coral, 2000 And Pearls, 1000 Here's the list. It's uh, always an honor and a privilege to recognize... Our, our Texas Whirlwind Advertising and Sponsorship Coordinator, Marjorie Beeman, for um, her announcements. Thank you, Madam President. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Just making sure you're awake. Okay, we have a bunch of sponsors, so pay attention. Double Diamond Sponsor, Ara Educational Recreational Events, General Motors, Transportation Services, and Continuing Education Units, Google, ACB Radio Worldwide Broadcast, Microsoft, ACB Conference Banquet, Band of Pharmaceutical, Audio Visual Services, and Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. Give them a hand. Diamond Sponsors, Verizon, Oath Conference, Communications Center, and Marketplace. Give them a hand. Emerald Sponsors, Cisco Systems, Volunteer Services, Comcast, Your Day at the Convention, Tuesday, July the 3rd, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, Exhibit Hall, Sprint, Information Desk, Uber conference registration. Give them a hand. <laughs> Ruby sponsors Adobe ACB scholarship mentoring program, AT&T ACB cafe, Amazon audio description project conference and training institute, charter interpreter services for deaf blind attendees, Facebook ACB auction and performing arts showcase. HIMSS, ACB Workshop and Seminar Programming, and Future ACB Leaders and Young Professionals, Humanware, Official Sponsor of All General Sessions, Regal Cinema, Kids Explorer Club, and ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, VFO, Official Conference Program. Give them a hand. Yeah. Onyx Sponsors, Buell Fund, 
ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk and Recreation Zone, Cox Communications, Audio Describe Movie and Sponsor a Student Future ACB Leader or Young Professional, Macler Degeneration Foundation, ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, National Association of Broadcasters, General Operating Expenses, National Industries for the Blind, ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. Give them a hand. Topaz sponsors, ACB Lions Scholarship Winner Travel. Give them a hand. Coral sponsors, Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America. Reception for Outstanding Blind Students, Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired San Francisco, General Session, July 2. Give them a hand. <laughs> Pearl Sponsors, Amtrak, ACB Cafe Day, July 2. Library Users of America, NLS Talking Book Narrator, Lighthouse for the Blind of Seattle, Orientation Dinner for Outstanding Blind Students, Maxiade ACB Cafe Day, July 1. Give them a hand. Now we have the individual sponsors. They range from $25 for a bronze sponsor to silver, $50, gold, $100, platinum, $250, and titanium, $500. Here's the list of those sponsors as published in the convention newspaper. Titaniums were $500. The titanium sponsors were Laney Feingold in memory of Sue Amateur and Marlena Lieberg, Fred Scheigert, and Douglas Slotten. The platinum sponsors, 250 level, were Dennis Amadon, Marjorie Beeman, Richard Bird, Nona Graves, Nina Kagan, Jim Crock, John McCann, Harvey Miller, Herbert Riotto, and Frank Ventura. Gold sponsors, $100 each, were George Abbott, Andy Arvidson, Colette Arvidson, JoLynn Bailey-Page, Sean Barrett, Norma Bogey, Robert Bradley, Shirley Brokaw, Terry Camerdale, Ray Campbell, Karen Campbell, Brian Charlson, Kim Charlson, Penny Crane, Gail Crossan, Janet Dickelman, Dan Dillon, Steve Dresser, Daryl Eaton, Grady Ebert, Deanne Elliot, Howard Ferguson, Karen Gorgie, Debbie Grubb, Mary Haroyan, Terence Horvath, Douglas Hunsinger, Maria Christick, Glenn McCulley, Ursula McCulley, William Mixichek, Sandra Mullet, Carol Moran, Charles Nabaret, Harlow Peace, Mitch Pomerantz, Angel Prince, Alice Richhart, Edwin Rumsey, Adam Rushevel, Carla Rushevel, Patrick Sheehan, Melvin Smith, Joel Snyder, Karen Sedry, Sharon Strazakowski, Miles Tomashiro, Donald Thompson, and Kim Venable. Silver sponsors at the $50 level are Michael Alvarez, Artis Basin, Donna Brown, Carolyn Burley, David Cameron, Joey Couch, Daniel Creasy, Norman Dock. Rita Dilek, Jay Doudna, Paul Edwards, Michael Garrett, Peggy Garrett, Mike Godino, Vicki Golightly, Cynthia Hirakawa, 
Kathy Holly, Mandy Holly, Greg Hollins, Judy Jackson, Jim Wyrick, Darlene Johnson, Richard Johnson, Martin Kuhn, Kathy Lamb, John Lipsy, Ronette Nakema, Alan Peterson, Chris Prentice, Ralph Prince, Bruce Radke, Lynn Roberts, Shirley Roberts, Stuart Russell, Kathy Schmidt Whitaker, Donna Seliger, Sandra Sermons, Kathy Shelton, Paul Shelton, Rick Troiano, Sandy Troiano, Larry Turnbull, Kitty Van Gunten, Penny Verity, and Richard Young. And the bronze sponsors, $25 each, Carolyn Abbott, Andy Barrico, Mary Lou Barrico, Natalie Barrett, Kevin Burkery, Philip Blail, Betty Boggess, Rick Boggess, Ann Brash, Peter Brass, Marie Brennis, Lisa Brooks, Ron Brooks, Donna Browning, Ann Byington, Michael Byington, Mirasol Cameron, Lawrence Carter, Kathy Casey, Burl Colley, Denise Colley, Sarah Conrad, Joan Cox, Susan Crawford, Denise Decker, Andrea DeClotz, Marsha Farrow, Stephen Fort, Carol Francisco, Katie Frederick, Ninetta Garner, Christine Hickerson, Charles Holly, Edie Huffman, John Huffman, Kathleen Kent, Donald Coors, Jerry Coors, Cindy Lebon, Joseph Lopez, Larry Lura, Lourdes Marcus, Deborah Marino, DJ McIntyre, Rick Morin, Doug Powell, Angela Riotto, Bonnie Robertson, Stephen Robertson, Barbara Roberts, Debbie Rozier, Richard Ruida, Lori Scharf, Rachel Schroeder, Deanna Scoggins, Fran Sign, Lyle Sign, David Smith, Naomi Sewell, Shirley Stivers, Sheila Styron, Ellen Telker, Jeff Tom, Leslie Tom, David Trevino, Deborah Trevino, David Trott, Rhonda Trott, Robert Turner, Patricia Tusing, Myrna Vota, Pat Vota, Donna Widelick, John Widelick, Kathy Wheeler, Luann Williams, and Michael Wiseman. Give him a hand. Page four. We begin with a couple of news items that we think you will find of interest. The first was posted by Ray Campbell, ACB Secretary, on Leadership on Monday, July 2, 2018, and comes from the Great Lakes ADA Center. It is entitled, Employment of Workers with Disabilities in 2017, a Report. The Bureau of Labor Statistics issued a report on June 27 regarding the employment of workers with disabilities in 2017. It shows that in 2017, 18.7% of people aged 16 and older with a disability were employed. That compares with 65.7% of people without a disability. More workers with a disability worked in education and health services, 21.6%, than in any other industry. Education and health services employed 33.8% of women with a disability, compared with 11.5% of men with a disability. The full report is available online at 
https colon slash slash www.bls.gov slash opub slash ted slash 2018 slash employment dash of dash workers dash with dash a dash disability dash n i n dash 2017.htm Next is a press release from ACB posted on Sunday, July 1 and is entitled Microsoft Receives ACB's James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award. St. Louis, June 30, 2018. The American Council of the Blind presented Anirudh Kool A-N-I-R-U-D-H-K-O-U-L, Senior Data Scientist and his team at Microsoft, with the James R. Olson Distinguished Award for their Seeing AI application, which has significantly enhanced the independence and quality of life for Americans who are blind or visually impaired. This award is given to individuals or organizations that have made important contributions which have advanced opportunities for the blind community. Quote, when adding up the cost of the single-use products that Seeing AI replaces, it is easy to see why this mighty little application deserves recognition by the members of the American Council of the Blind, said Brian Charlson, Director of Technology at the Carroll Center for the Blind. This program has changed the world of technology for people who are blind or have low vision. End of quote. Seeing AI is a free application that is available in 35 countries and includes features such as short text, speaks text as soon as it appears in front of the camera. Documents, provides audio guidance to capture a printed page and recognizes the text along with its original formatting. Products, scans barcodes using audio beeps to guide you Hear the name and package information when available. Works with iPhone 6 and later. People. Saves people's faces so you can recognize them and get an estimate of their age, gender, and emotions. Scenes. Early preview. Hear an overall description of the scene captured. Currency. Recognizes currency notes. Requires iOS 11. Color. Identifies color. Handwriting. Reads handwritten text, such as in greeting cards. Light. Generates an audible tone corresponding to the brightness in the surroundings. Due to its no-cost and multi-use capabilities, the application has been downloaded over 150,000 times and completed over 5 million tasks for users. The American Council of the Blind is the nation's leading grassroots consumer organization representing Americans who are blind and visually impaired. With 70 affiliates, ACB strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. Together, we make a bright future. Learn more by visiting acb.org. This next item was posted on ACB Leadership on June 29, just prior to the opening of the ACB Convention, entitled ACB Thanks Cisco 
for their ongoing support and commitment toward making workplaces more accessible through innovation in their business enterprise tools. Bringing Accessibility to Business Communications Think back to the first day at your first job. If you're like me, you woke up early, gave yourself extra time to get to the office in case of traffic, and arrived ready to hit the ground running. You spent your first day getting your badge, meeting new colleagues, and setting up your computer. Sometime the first day doesn't go exactly as planned. Maybe you spill coffee on your shirt. It happens to the best of us. Maybe your computer isn't working and you need to call IT support for help. But what do you do if you can't see the phone? Workplaces provide extra challenges for the 3.4 million visually impaired and blind Americans. Visual impairment affects a person's ability to read, drive, communicate, and in many cases maintain steady employment. The number of affected Americans is expected to double over the next 30 years. That's why Cisco is proud to serve as a sponsor of the American Council of the Blind's annual conference and convention in St. Louis, Missouri. The conference showcases technology, products, and services designed to improve accessibility in everyday work and living. Cisco exhibited the first enterprise-grade desk phone that includes built-in text-to-speech functionality as a standard feature without additional software. With the touch of a button, visually impaired users can now operate an IP phone with ease. We believe that 8800 series phones are game changers for accessibility in the workplace. Cisco is designing new versions of the Telepresence Proximity app. Proximity allows you to control your video system, interact with shared content, and share wirelessly. The app will be fully accessible and help visually impaired users start and end telepresence calls. Cisco is committed to helping teams get work done through the power of collaboration by enabling seamless collaboration across teams, borders, platforms, and barriers we can help everyone be their best at work. The Phone Accessibility Project is a collaboration of Cisco engineers and the American Council of the Blind, a grassroots advocacy organization. Our work with ACB to co-develop accessibility features is just the beginning. We continue to drive accessibility improvements for our entire collaboration portfolio. And one last news item. Posted on June 28, blind pedestrians sue the city to improve crosswalk safety. Posted on June 28. This is from the New York Times. Michael Goffo, who is legally blind, began to inch off the curb at Lexington Avenue and 63rd Street on his way home from work. On Tuesday, after sensing the whirr of traffic moving to his left, then he felt a tug of resistance from his guide dog, Tom. I did not have the light, said Mr. Golfo, 43, recalling how Tom basically stopped me from going any further into danger. On Wednesday, Mr. Golfo was among the plaintiffs 
who filed a lawsuit alleging that the city of New York is violating the rights of the visually impaired by failing to update most of the city's crosswalks with accessible pedestrian signals that use vibrating surfaces, noises, and other vocal cues as a safety guide. Quote, There's no substitute for walking in New York, but my service dog and I constantly have to worry about being hit by cars, Mr. Golfo said in a statement. New York City maintains thousands of traffic signals, according to the State Department of Transportation's website. Only 317 are equipped with accessible pedestrian signals, and the city has been adding only about 75 each year according to disability rights advocates, which filed the class action lawsuit on behalf of the American Council of the Blind of New York, Mr. Golfo and Christina Curry, a Bronx resident with hearing loss who is also legally blind. Lori Scharf, president of the council, said she hopes the lawsuit will spur city officials to more quickly expand the number of intersections with accessible signals so visually impaired pedestrians can move around the city with the same sense of safety sighted people have. Quote, the longer they take to do the installations, the harder it is for us to navigate the streets independently with access to the same information, said Ms. Scharf. It's like we're second-class citizens. It's an afterthought. Since 2000, the city has replaced most of its traffic signals at least once, according to the plaintiff's complaint. Between 2000 and 2004, thousands of crosswalk signals were exchanged to introduce LED pedestrian signs featuring the familiar white walking man sign and the Portland orange hand that warns pedestrians to stop. Two years later, the city began replacing these with countdown clock signals. As of November 2017, countdown clocks had been installed at more than 7,500 intersections, according to the lawsuit. But the plaintiffs said the relatively scant number of accessible signals violate state and federal laws, including the Americans with Disabilities Act, and endangers almost 200,000 New Yorkers who are blind, deafblind, or partially sighted. A spokesman for the city's law department said the complaint was under review. The suit is the latest in a string of class action challenges by Disability Rights Advocates, a nonprofit legal center. In recent years, the organization has also filed lawsuits against the city over the safety and accessibility of sidewalks taxis, storm shelters, and the subway system. Unlike New York, some large cities like San Antonio, Seattle, and Los Angeles have policies that require accessible pedestrian signals to be installed when new signals are put up and when old signals are replaced, according to the lawsuit. The lawsuit comes months after the city's Vision Zero traffic safety program announced its fourth consecutive year of declining traffic-related deaths. Vision Zero, which Mayor Bill de Blasio initiated in 2014, has the ambitious aim of eliminating all traffic-related fatalities by 2024. 
Pedestrian fatalities dropped to 101 last year, down from 184 in 2013, according to the most recent report. The DOT has worked with the Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities and other groups to identify potentially dangerous intersections and to learn about issues affecting people with visual disabilities. Its partnership with the University Transportation Research Center is aimed at developing new accessible pedestrian signal technologies, including tactile maps and smartphone apps. The Transportation Department's latest accessible pedestrian signal status report lists 100 intersections targeted for future upgrades. Though many disability rights activists believe Vision Zero is a positive development, not everyone is happy with the pace or methods of change. Others have complained that the DOT's contact form isn't fully accessible to adaptive technology for blind users. It's just ironic, said Christina Brandt Young, a lawyer for disability rights advocates. Of all the forms on the city's website that need to work properly with assistive technology that blind people use to access the Internet, this would be one of them. APH's Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Page 5, the Sound Prince Calendar. On July 18, the Bluegrass Council will have a nutrition, education, and cooking class, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. This is the last class in a collaborative effort between BCB and the UK Cooperative Extension Office to offer hands-on nutrition education classes and cooking classes at the UK Extension Office, 1140 Harry Sykes Way, in Lexington. RSVP or for more information by calling 859-259-1834. On July 20 will be the final meeting of the Kentucky Office for the Blind Statewide Rehabilitation Council. It will take place at the McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. For more information on the agenda, and time, contact Jennifer Wright at 502-782-3407. Also on July 20 is the next GLCB Roundabout. Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5. A special session on dog massage at 4.30. Discussion time from 5 to 6. Dinner, $5 per person, 6 to 7, and games and crafts from 7 until 10. All at the United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On July 22, ACB Families will have its next peer support group meeting by conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The telephone number is 712 712- Four three two thirty nine hundred, and the code is seven nine six zero nine six. On July twenty three, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana will have a membership call at seven p.m. Eastern Time. 
phone 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On July 25, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind invites you to their peer support group meeting in Lexington from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information and to sign up, call 859-259-1834. On July 27 and 28, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will hold its 73rd Annual Alumni Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn at 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. For more details, call 502-897-1472. On July 28, there will be a Bards and Storytellers activity as part of the KSB Alumni Association reunion. Everyone is cordially invited to attend and learn more about the role KSB alumni have played in radio over the years. The activity will take place on Saturday morning from 10 a.m. until noon at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. Sign up in advance by calling either the APH Museum at 502-899-2213 or the Alumni Association at 502-897-1472. And looking ahead to a few events in August, on August 2, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its next conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On August 3, a GLCB roundabout will take place from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On August 5, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have committee meetings beginning at 7 p.m., advocacy at 7, and education, activities, and technology at 8. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. August 7, The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its monthly conference call meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.